to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. God's desire for us is that we're built up in our faith, that we're encouraged in our faith, that we're comforted or consoled where we might need it. And so Paul says, desire that you might prophesy, desire that you might have that gift that will do that for God's people. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of 1 Corinthians. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 40, in a message titled, The Gifts of the Spirit and the Building Up of the Church. Now, here's Pastor Brian. 1 Corinthians 14, 1. Paul writes and says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So as many of you know, of course, we're doing a series within a series. Everyday Discipleship is the big series. The Spirit and the Church is the series within the series that we're doing now. And we're coming up to the conclusion of that series. And today, we're looking here at this 14th chapter. So we're going to pretty much look at the entire chapter today There's a few verses that I'm going to reserve for next time, but as we look at these verses here in this chapter today, this is the place where Paul now gives very practical instruction about how these things work themselves out in the body. The motivation and the environment for all that we do with the spiritual gifts is to be love. And so now we come to the very practical instruction here in chapter 14. So Paul wants these Corinthian believers to be experiencing all the Holy Spirit has for them, both for their own edification as the collective people of God and for the sake of the outside world that they might know that the church is a colony of life in a country of death. So The gifts of the Spirit, they function primarily internally to build up the body, but that is partially so that the body can reflect the kingdom to the world and people in the world can be drawn into the kingdom. And so that's why Paul is giving these detailed instruction. He wants to make sure that 
the Corinthians and all the successive generations of Christians of which we are a part, he wants to make sure that we get this right so that we ourselves can be built up like God intends and we in turn can then also have the impact on the outside world. So building up the body, which is the main thing that he's talking about here, it comes through the presence, power, and gifts of the Holy Spirit. So what Paul longs for them to understand is that these gifts freely given to all by the Spirit are not so much for one's personal edification, but rather to edify others. He says, since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. Try to excel in those that build up the church. So that's what the gifts are for. And we'll talk about that as we work our way through now. So let's look at the verses that we read together, verses one through five. And three things I want us to see here. Number one, so he's talking here primarily about two gifts. He's talking about tongues and he's talking about prophecy. And he says, which we're going to see would be a shock to them and it would go against what they were thinking. He says, tongues are inferior to prophecy for this reason, because they only bless the individual. So the Corinthians apparently had taken tongues and elevated it to the highest place among the gifts. And they were excessive in their use of tongues. And so right from the beginning, Paul wants them to understand that they have got the order wrong. And so he tells them. He says that anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. And then verse four, anyone who speaks in tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So this is the big issue. Paul says these gifts are for the edification of the church. It's not just so that the individual can experience some ecstatic type of a thing. No, these gifts are very practical, and they're for the building up of the church. Now, he says prophecy is greater than tongues for the very reason that prophecy edifies the church. Now, Paul is not down on tongues. There are some today who misinterpret Paul because they're down on tongues. They want everybody to think that Paul was down on tongues. Paul was not down on tongues at all. He was just simply wanting them to understand the function of the different gifts. So then he tells us about prophecy. He said, this is why he says, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Why does he say especially prophecy? Well, he answers it in verse three. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So that's what prophesying does. It speaks to a person to strengthen them and to encourage them 
and to comfort them if need be. Now, I love this definition of prophecy. It's so, it's, it's beautiful and it's really helpful because I have found in my own experience, I have found that people have come along time and again who come with a prophetic word, they say. I've had this happen over the years. People walk into the church and say, I've got a word from the Lord for you. Thus says the Lord, cursed be this place. It's going to burn to the ground. And then they march out. That's not prophecy. That, that is not prophecy at all. Whether it's a, a pronouncement of judgment on a congregation collectively, you know, I get just being reminded of all the letters I get where people are telling me that, you know, they're prophesying to me that God is judging me and so forth. So what do I do with those? I just wad them up, throw them in the bin. It's like, no, those aren't prophecies because right here we're told what prophecy does. Prophecy strengthens you. Prophecy encourages you. Prophecy comforts. And so Paul says, desire that you may prophesy because this is what we want. We want to be strengthened. Or literally, the word is built up. Edify is a word that we sometimes use to translate this Greek word. But God's desire for us is that we're built up in our faith, that we're encouraged in our faith, that we're comforted or consoled where we might need it. And so... Paul says, desire that you might prophesy. Desire that you might have that gift that will do that for God's people. Now, in verses 6 through 20, Paul puts tongues in perspective. And so let's read what he says. He says, now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as the pipe or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So it is with you, unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you. Since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, and I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. 
Otherwise, when you are praising God in the spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you are saying? You are giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. And then look at verse 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. So Paul just made it clear. This is not put down on tongues. I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. So Paul is so practical. And you got to just sort of imagine the situation. Just think of if all of us here this morning, here we all are, and then let's just say, you know, 10 people just started speaking in tongues. Well, we would all wonder what in the world is going on. What are they saying? Now, they might be having an incredible spiritual experience. Hands raised up, speaking out to the Lord. I'm so blessed. Too bad the rest of you can't get in on this. But man, this is amazing. Take my word for it. That's that's what Paul's describing. That's what's happening in Corinth. And so as Paul's giving these instructions, like I said, he's not not putting down tongues. He's just saying, listen, when we gather collectively, the objective is mutual edification. The objective is that we build one another up. And if we're speaking in languages that nobody understands, then there is no building up that's taking place. So I speak in tongues more than all of you, he says. But in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words. Now, I want to just back up for a second here. Because back in verse 5, Paul says this. He says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather you have, have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless. So here's where Paul is showing why prophecy is greater. He, he refers to it as greater. But when you think about it, okay, these are all the gifts of the Spirit. So why would one be greater than the other? Well, very practically, like he's saying, the one's greater than the other because everyone can be edified from it. So he says that tongues potentially has a greatness as well if someone interprets so that the church may be edified. So just understand that. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless... Now, I say that because, again, there are people who, um, you know, with, when it comes to these gifts, and especially tongues, you have the two extremes. You have the people who abuse it, and then you have the people who oppose it. And the people who oppose it will dismiss it and say, you know, it's not anything we should be engaged in, and they will oftentimes downplay it. I mean, some leading evangelical voices have even said that 
anyone speaking in tongues today is under the influence of the devil, not the Spirit of God. So to me, that it's amazing because it generally is coming from people who know the Bible pretty well and actually teach it. But what they're doing is they're letting their personal experience and emotion interpret the scripture rather than let the scripture interpret the scripture. So again, Paul is not putting down tongues. He says that tongues are equally as great as prophecy if there is an interpretation. Because the reason they're inferior is because no one is edified because no one understands. So here he's putting these things in perspective. Now, tongues in perspective. Tongues are good only if there's an interpretation. Without an interpreter in the assembly, Paul says, only speak to yourself and to God. So tongues without an interpretation are confusing and can become a hindrance rather than a help toward blessing. Now, going back to trying to understand what was happening at the time, it seems that what was going on, and I've already alluded to it, but it seems that they are insisting that not only is tongues the the greater of the gifts, but they seem to be insisting that tongues is the great sign that God is with us. So it seems like in the mind of the Corinthians, their thinking was when we get together, we should all just speak in tongues and that will show everybody that God is with us. Now, tongues in their truest sense are supernatural. When you're speaking in a tongue, you're speaking in a language that you don't know. You're speaking in a language that God gives you at that time. So there is something supernatural about it. And so the Corinthians are then drawing the conclusion, seemingly, that tongues is the great sign gift. So since it's the sign that God's presence is with us, this is the thing that we should do when we gather together. Now, Paul says to them here, he says that that understanding is both childish and unscriptural. Verse 20, brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. So he's, as you can see, he's rebuking them for this thinking. And he's already walked them through. And you know he wants them to use their reason. He wants them to use their understanding. He wants them to draw the obvious conclusion. Oh, yes, if we're speaking in a language nobody understands, then obviously no one else is being edified. So he's saying, you know, get this. Don't, don't be childish. But then he goes on and he says something interesting. He says, in the law, it is written. So here Paul goes back to the Old Testament to prove his point. In the law, it is written with other tongues and through the lips of foreigners, I will speak to this people, but even then they will not listen to me. So this is a quote from Isaiah 28. And I'll tell you, this is Paul's 
genius as a, a Bible scholar, and yet it's also simultaneously the anointing of the Spirit. But how Paul pulled this verse out of the Old Testament is pretty amazing in and of itself. But he sees in this a parallel. And so going back to the passage in Isaiah that refers to people speaking, it's a judgment that they're being spoken to by people of other languages. And so Paul goes on, and then he says this, and let me read it, and then I want to come back and explain it. So he says, tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquirers or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. Now, these verses that I just read, these are, in my opinion, the most difficult verses in the Bible to understand. <laughs> in the whole Bible, some challenging statements in the Bible, this is the most challenging. Because it seems like Paul is saying one thing here, and then as he moves on, it seems like he says the exact opposite of what he previously said. And so it has been a dilemma for Bible teachers to try to really understand what in the world is the apostle saying. Now, like I said, they seem to have thought that the more tongues there were spoken among them, the more likely the presence of God was to be in their midst. But as we see, Paul says, everyone, if everyone is speaking in tongues and an outsider comes in among you, they are going to think you're out of your minds rather than in the presence of God. So it seems like, and notice I'm saying it seems like, because it is challenging. It seems like Paul is saying to them, if you're going to think of tongues as a sign, because that seems like what they were doing, then know it is a sign for unbelievers. And since it is a sign to unbelievers, you shouldn't use it as a sign among believers. So they are apparently thinking that it's a sign for believers that the more tongues that are going on, the more evidence of God's presence among us in the believers' meeting. But Paul is saying to them, he's saying the sign is not to believers, it is to unbelievers. Tongues is a sign to unbelievers. Now, he says, prophecy, however, is for believers to manifest God's presence in our midst. So if an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in and hears you speaking 
in words they can understand. They can't understand tongues, but they can understand prophecy. They come in hearing you speak in words that they can understand. They will be convicted by the prophetic word and confess that God is among them. For the month of April, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled One Minute Answers to Skeptics, Concise Responses to the Top 50 Objections and Questions by Charlie Campbell. Learn how to give a defense for the faith in a conversational style and strengthen your own confidence in the existence of God and the reliability of the Word. The book One Minute Answers to Skeptics by Charlie Campbell is our gift to say thank you for your donation to Back to Basics. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of 1 Corinthians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.